as you watch the video, as you heard Brother Chris and, and uh, Kathy sing, you know, I think about the freedom that we possess in this country, man, and it's amazing. <laughs> if you've never gone to a third world country, you've never gone outside this country, sometimes you don't realize what freedoms we really have here in the United States. I mean, uh, you hear people speak out against our president. Can you imagine that happening in North Korea? That wouldn't happen, would it? They speak out against him and off with their head. And we have freedoms here. We have liberties here. And I love it. And I know that there are some people right now that are trying to suppress that. And we have these ultra uh, conservatives and we have ultra left wing uh, people that are wanting to suppress what others are saying and all that kind of thing. But the fact is, according to that Constitution, we have freedom of speech. Amen. We can speak our mind. And you know, when you think about freedom of speech and freedom of religion and you think about our Second Amendment rights and all the things that we possess, the forefathers had to be guided by someone to get this done. Would you agree? Tonight I'm going to show you a video from Brother Chuck Harding from Awake America. And in that video, he talks about the biblical constitution. <laughs> he talks about how our constitution was based upon the word of God. Amen. Do you know why I think our constitution is so strong and why it stands so strong? Is because it was built upon the word of God. That's why it's so strong. Now it is a man's document. It is men that wrote this document. But the fact is, is that their document was written relying upon a divine savior, <laughs> relying upon someone greater than ourselves. And you know, when I was listening to those young people and listen, our nation's getting there. We're, we're, we're falling into a world of ignorance today. Uh, a lot of folks would not know why we're celebrating the 4th of July. <laughs> Uh, they don't really grasp it. And by the way, our local schools, our public schools, and even our uh, uh, institutions across the country, colleges, are getting away from teaching uh, American history <laughs> and, and because they, they feel that we were the ones that destroyed everybody, and yet God allowed this to surface. God allowed this to come about. And you think about all the things that this nation has stood for through the years and the battles that we've faced. And listen, we've done it even in the face of adversity from other nations uh, we take a stand. And when you go back and you look at the number of wars that we were in and uh, all the way back into the Civil War to the uh, current status of where we are today, I mean, we're fighting for one thing. And you know what it is? It's freedom. And men are fighting for freedom constantly. Freedom, to be free, free. And here's the thing. Christ provided freedom to us, did he not? When I look to the scriptures, men had to lay down their lives so that others can be free. And, you know, this week when you're celebrating, it's not just about having barbecue chicken or hamburgers and, uh, and hot dogs on the grill or, uh, you know, as the world would think, it's a, it's a drink fest. It's nothing like that at all. Boy, what we ought to do is celebrate what God has given unto us, amen? And the liberty and the freedom that we've been given in this nation is unbelievable. And I thought about how Christ fought the battle of sin and, and he defeated sin on the cross that men could be made free from sin. So uh, in our nation, we have religious freedom. How many of you are grateful for our religious freedom in our nation? Amen. Uh, you get to come to a place like this and, and, and we get to openly talk about our Savior. You get a man who can open the scriptures and preach the word of God to you. And you know, there are nations that are not like that. In fact, uh, one of the places that uh, 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 a friend of Kathy's is going uh, over to China over there, they don't have this freedom. <laughs> they don't get to worship openly like we do. In fact, there's a lot of underground stuff goes on over there uh, so that they can worship God, so that they can just get a taste of the scriptures. And how many Bibles do we have in our homes? And how, many access to, how much access do we have to the scriptures? In fact, you say, well, uh, we have access. We, we see the Internet, and we know how much we're exposed to so many different things. Well, they can just get it off the Internet 
internet. I want to tell you something. In China, the internet is not what it is here in the United States. And the thing of it is, is we've been given so much liberty and so much freedom, and, and yet God desiring just to have a relationship with us and desiring for us to worship him and desiring for us to come together in fellowship with him. And there's a battle. And there's a battle that unbelievers face. And, you know, I thank God for my salvation, my everlasting salvation, eternal salvation. It doesn't go away. And I think about the unsaved world that's out there. What do they have to hope in? Evolution? Darwin? An amoeba? What is it that they have to trust in? Where do they go in their times of battle? They can turn to the Internet, and they can turn to friends, and they can turn to Oprah, and they can turn to Dr. Phil, and they can talk to a psychiatrist and a psychologist, and they can go to all these various people. And you think about it. How many of you watch TV for 10 minutes and the drugs that are pumped at the American public today? How many of you notice that on TV? The amount of drugs that's pumped toward us. And have this for this. If you, if you have tears in your eyes, take this. If, if you look left, uh, you want to look right, take this pill. Uh, if you want this, if you want to sleep, if you want to stay away, uh, if you want your arm not to hurt, if you want your fingernails to grow, if you want, I mean, it's amazing. And then they tell you the details of all the things that go into that. And by the way, you can die from this. Well, I'd rather not have my fingernails grow, amen? And, and the thing of it is, is that all the things that are around us and we're bombarded by the world. And yet God taught us that we are to be a people, a peculiar people that hold forth the word of light in a nation in a nation that is free. And freedom has made us freaky sometimes. Freedom has caused us to do things and caused our nations to do things. And we look at the generations coming up behind us and, and we're saying, look at this generation and look what they're doing. And I want to challenge you today, every one of us in this room, part of what's wrong with our generation today is the generation that's sitting in this room because we try to give them everything and do everything for them and they don't think that they have to do anything for anything and they believe that they do they or you do you and that's the most important thing. The reality is it's not. In fact, Jesus said, let each esteem other better than themselves. Amen. And we have a nation that has turned from God, but we have a people who can pray to an almighty God. Amen. And a nation can turn. I look at this and I think about the uh, battles that they face and the sin nature that they have. And, 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 you know, when I look at it, you know, England was blinded by tyranny. <laughs> And a few men stood up and said, you know what, it's time to go find out what freedom's all about. And I want you to know that those people that are doing those things in our world today, they are blinded. They are blinded and they need something to open their eyes. And God says that the scriptures will turn them from darkness to light. The only thing that we can give them is the word of God. We can befriend them. We can be nice to them. We can even do stuff like this. And I, I, I challenge you not to do this. Oh, I understand. I, I know you have your way and I have mine. No, there is but one way to heaven. Amen. His name's Jesus Christ. And, and listen, it's okay to hold a position. We don't have to be angry. We don't have to be mad. We don't have to be hateful. We don't have to be spiteful. But listen, I want to tell you, homosexuality is wrong. And the Bible says so. But we don't have to hate them. We have to tell them truth. Tell them what God said about it. I don't have to be angry at them, and I don't have to be mad at them. And they can deny God's word. But let me tell you something. We have freedom in this nation to tell them. Amen? Abortion is wrong. Taking the life of an unborn child is wrong. And the fact is, is God says that the womb is a place where God provides gifts, doesn't he? 
And the reality is, is that there are so many people that want to adopt and even bring kids into their lives. And we have people who want to uh, 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 be uh, involved in promiscuity and, and vulgarity and everything else. And they become pregnant and then they don't want the child. <laughs> they don't want the consequences of their sin. <laughs> the reality is, is that abortion is wrong. <laughs> by the way, leaders are appointed by God. <laughs> How many of you realize that? And so you look at it and you say, man, I'm so grateful we have the leader that we have today. God put him there. I want you to know the scriptures clearly teach us God put him there. But I want you to know this. He gave us eight years of someone else, didn't he? I want you to know God put him there. The Bible doesn't change. And what it can do is make us uh, 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 be excited about what we have now, but forget what it was, and then we just get lost in our thoughts and our ways. I want to challenge you this morning. Believers, continue to fight some battles. Fight some battles, some spiritual battles. Listen, Paul faced such a personal battle, but he relied on Jesus Christ to overcome it. If God's house, if God's people are going to overcome, we've got to trust Christ in the midst of a battle. When I look at this, if you focus on the weakness instead of the strength that's found in Christ, Satan will use that as a tool to defeat us. If you always look at what's weak and not what's strong, and we have victory in Christ Jesus. And I looked at this and I see people in the scriptures. And when I looked at the scriptures, I think about Moses and Joshua and Ruth and Esther and King Hezekiah and King David and Paul himself and many, many others. They face times of weakness. But the fact is, is when you go back and you read about them, there is some place they placed their trust. They went back to God. God throughout the Old Testament over and over again, turn ye unto me, turn ye unto me, turn ye unto me. He keeps telling the bad kings and the good kings. He keeps telling the nation of Israel. And he keeps telling uh, all the Gentiles, the Amalekites, the Philistines. Listen, all of that was for the purpose for people to turn to God. And God called Israel his nation. He was a, they were a nation of chosen people, not because they're all going to heaven, but because they had a responsibility to take and show the world, an ungodly, unsaved world, there, there was but one God. Amen. And the church, the church has that responsibility today. The church is you and me. Amen. It's not a building. It's us. We have a responsibility to take this message. When you're going through times of spiritual weakness, I want to challenge you to start applying Christian principles. Get closer to God. Do not focus on the battle or the weakness, but seek the Lord to bring you through those days, those hard times. That's what Paul did. When I look at this, he said, Therefore I take pleasure in my infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And he said, let me tell you where my focus goes when I even think about my personal infirmity, when I think about my personal problem, when I think about this personal thing that I'm going through. I can't handle it. i got to trust Christ. Sometimes we allow whatever that weakness is in our life, sometimes we allow whatever that problem is to overwhelm us. To the point we forget our Savior in the midst of it all. Paul said, no, 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 don't do that. When, you, when things are going wrong, these are times that we have a tendency to fall into what I call spiritual slumps. So how do you get out of a spiritual slump? How many of you have ever been in a spiritual slump? Anybody? You ever been there? I know. Me and Chris are the only wicked people in this room. So, and Brother Dale back there, he kind of put his hand up a little bit, so... So just three of us are just these wicked people who fall into spiritual slumps. We do, don't we? 
We fall into spiritual slumps. What is the reason that that occurs? Do you know a lot of times, uh, folks, what it is that will get us out of that slump is the Word of God. <laughs> it's our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's prayer. It's serving. It's esteeming others better than ourselves. It's reaching out to someone. It's sharing the gospel with someone else. Listen, it gets your mind off of you. Get your mind off of you. And you start doing for others, and you start reaching out to others. So when things are going wrong, there's a time that we fall into those spiritual slumps. But here's what I want to challenge you with. Use the word of God, the power of Jesus Christ, which we possess. If you're here this morning, you're saved. Say amen. <laughs> you have what you need. Now you've got to decide to plug into it and use it. You have to decide, I'm going to use what God has given me. What is it that God has given me? Well, he's given me the Holy Spirit of God. He's given me the Holy Spirit. He has given me himself. <laughs> he saved my soul for all eternity. I'm not doubting my salvation at all. I have everlasting life. Isn't that what the Bible says? I have eternal life. I know heaven is my home. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. But I have battles. How many of you are facing battles? And you face them. And they're heavy. And they hurt. And they're hard. And sometimes it's overwhelming. And what happens to us is, is we forget God in the midst of it all. Now listen, I want to challenge you with something. If he saved me, he tells me that he now possesses me. Amen? He is in me. That battle of salvation is won. Amen? We're on the victor side. Now here's what he says. Here's what I've given you. I've given you the word of God. I've given you the Holy Spirit. And he says, I'll bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. Read the word of God. Listen, if you're having struggles, drop to your knees and say, dear God, help me. Help me. I can't handle this. I cannot handle this, Lord. And you're going to have to help me. I don't know how to fix this, God. I don't know what to do. And there's going to be a time where he'll bring to your remembrance what he says in his word. Maybe you're on your knees and he says, just remember this. I can do all things through Christ with strength me. Maybe he'll bring that to your mind. Maybe he'll bring to your remembrance with God all things are what? Possible, aren't they? He can bring things to your remembrance. He can help you in your struggles. What are you struggling with? What is your battle? What are you facing? What spiritual problem are you having? Are you having financial trouble? Are you having some physical problem? Is there something that you're going through that God wants to help you with? And listen, he wants to help you now, today, right now, in this service. He wants to help you. He wants to do something for you. He wants to make sure that your relationship with him is good. And how you make that relationship good is by staying in touch with your heavenly father. Stay in touch with him. Let him know that you're hurting. Let him know that you have a problem. And when he does know these things, by the way, he knows them. He's waiting for you to rely on him for them. That's what he's really waiting for. You say, well, if he already knows, why doesn't he just fix it? Because he's looking for you to have faith in him to help you. He's looking for you to turn to him in your time of trouble, in your time of need. Listen, when Paul was in trouble here, he said, Most gladly, therefore, will I glory, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The problem's not the problem. The problem is, is that maybe God is trying to get your attention and he's trying to get you to draw just a little bit closer to him. And maybe whatever you're going through, he's just saying, I want your attention. I want you. I want you to be meeting with me. I want you to talk to me. When things go wrong, are you using the word of God, the power of Christ, to pull you through that spiritual battle? You know, he brings up three things. He brings up the spiritual battles, and he says, listen, I need God's grace. I need God's grace. I need Christ's power, and I need him to strengthen me. I need God's grace. 
I don't know about you, but I need God's grace. How about you? I need the grace of God in my life. And I need the power of Christ. How about you? Do you need his power? Do you think you're going to get it done on your own? Hey, when we get to the end of this life, what have you done? I have to rely on him. I have to rely on Christ's power to get me through. And listen, I need his strength. I need to endure. I need to endure in my Christian life. I need to be in the scriptures. I need to be praying. I need to be winning people to Christ. And listen, I need his strength to accomplish that. He's the one that's going to help me endure. He provides me the power through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And listen, we need Christ. We need God's grace. Amen? Because not everything goes the way we plan. <laughs> and to overcome the spiritual battles, you've got to rely on God's grace. The grace of God is seen throughout these scriptures. However, God has a purpose for things sometimes. And I think sometimes things enter into our lives. Paul said three times I prayed that this thing would go away. Anybody ever have something they wanted it to go away and it hasn't? Anybody at all? I've tried to fix this nose for years, and they've tried to get me to plastic surgeons. It still hasn't worked. Amen. Dear God, take this thing away. You can tell I'm a Pollock. Look at the nose. And uh, you know what I mean? I, I could pray to God about things, but listen, here's the truth of the matter. What is it that you're praying to him about? And he maybe hasn't removed it from your life. He's allowed it to remain. You know, Paul came to the place where he realized, he said, hey, you know what? Maybe this thing's remaining because I might elevate myself above what I ought to. Did you ever think that maybe he let that remain in your life for that reason? That maybe it's there for that reason so that we don't elevate ourselves above what we ought to. When I look at this, God knows our thoughts. How many of you realize God knows what you're thinking? Huh? God knows what we're thinking. He knows what's in our hearts, man. He knows exactly. How many of you realize God knows what we're thinking? And it says Jesus knew their what? Thoughts. And if the Holy Spirit resides in me, do you think he doesn't know what you're thinking? And man looketh on the outside, right? And we know how to put on a smile, maybe even know how to put on a suit and put on a tie, and we know how to act, and we know the words to say, but I want to tell you something. God knows your heart. He knows exactly what's going on inside of you. And he knows you from the inside out. It says, man looketh on the outward, but God does what? He looketh on the heart. And, and so to overcome these spiritual battles, listen, he can see your heart. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're dealing with. He can see it. You know what he's waiting for? God, I need you. I'm going to stop being self-reliant. I'm going to be God-dependent. How many of you can do that today? And say, you know what? I'm going to stop being self-reliant. I'm going to be God-dependent. I'm going to depend on Jesus Christ to help me with this. I can do nothing about this. I cannot do this. But I know a God who can. And listen, that is the God that you serve. That is the God that loves you. That is the God that saved your soul. That is the God that's trying to speak to your heart this morning about whatever it is that you're going through. God is here for you. He is here for you. He wants to help you with whatever you're going through. Hey, listen, he will help you overcome that spiritual battle. How many of you love the grace of God this morning? Amen? God's grace coming down upon us. What a wonderful, wonderful thing. When I look at this, when God is in control, this is when we realize how weak we are. <laughs> You know, we, we, we are so insufficient. Listen, you know, when, when he talks about us being lambs and sheep, and I, I mean, do you realize how dumb sheep are? And you say, Pastor, are you calling us dumb? No, I didn't. God did. Just listen to him. <laughs> Amen? You know, I, I was listening. There was a book written, and, and the gentleman says in the book, you know, that, that, that sheep are so helpless sometimes. They can get so much wool on them that, that they can fall over and can't get up, and then all the gases in their stomach will get inside there, and it'll cause them to bloat and die. <laughs> they can't even get up. And you know what? Sometimes we're that sheep, aren't we? And our wool's just a little too heavy. 
and we flop over on our back and the things are going wrong inside our gut, aren't they? And aren't you glad? <laughs> There's a shepherd that'll reach down and go, let me help you out. Isn't that wonderful? He'll help you right up. And all of a sudden, all them gases come out. Sit down. I don't want to smell them. <laughs> but God can do that, can he? God's the one. He's the one that shows his grace to us. When you come to the place of a spiritual weakness, listen, ask yourself this question. Am I relying on my abilities? Or am I trusting God? Am I relying on my abilities or am I trusting God in the midst of this trouble? You know what God challenges us to do? By his grace? Trust me. Trust him. Trust what he can accomplish. Now, let me challenge you with this. When you are self-sufficient, you will begin to become weak. You know why? In your thoughts, you will put those things which are most needful for yourself rather than the things that are most needful for you. <laughs> and the things that are most needful for you. You say, what are those things, preacher? You know, as simple as this is, prayer works. Praying works. Why did God tell us so much in Scripture? Go and just read how many times God talks about praying in the Scriptures. And look at how so many times the kings in the nation of Israel were able to defeat the enemy because men of God decided to pray to God to overcome the enemy. And the fact is, is that same God that those people served the ones that beat the Philistines and the ones that beat the Amalekites, the God that they serve, that little guy David who came up to that man Saul and says, go get these smooth stones and I'm going to kill that giant. And listen, he wasn't relying on himself. He was relying on God to do that. And the enemy gets defeated by the power of God. Submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw nigh unto God. He'll draw nigh unto you. And God teaches us in the scriptures. He wants us to be God-dependent, not self-reliant, not self-sufficient. We're not. We need God, amen? amen? The world needs Jesus Christ. We need Jesus Christ in our lives. Listen, he didn't just save you so you can sit, soak, and sour. He saved you so that you can serve him, amen? Jesus said, I do always those things which please the Father. How many of you know that verse? I do always those things which please the Father. Now listen, then in Peter he goes on and he tells us this. He says, here's what I want you to do. Follow in his steps. You know what that means? Do the same thing he's doing. <laughs> do the same thing he's done. Follow in his steps. How many of you realize we live in a very selfish world? Anybody? <laughs> it's getting more and more selfish every day, isn't it? I loved when Brother Edwards was here. He's talking about taking those selfies. Amen. <laughs> That's pretty selfish, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, we got to take a selfie of everything, man. You know? I just woke up. Psh, aren't you? Can you see? Psh, I look this good when I wake up. Psh, this is what I ate. Psh, this is where I am. Psh, watch me. Psh, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> Brother Young, he said, let me tell you a lie today. You do you. That's a lie. That is a lie, folks. We need to do Christ, amen? We don't need to do us. Us are trouble. <laughs> we need to do Christ. We live in a very selfish nation, amen? Think about how selfish we can be. And the selfishness of our hearts. Here's the challenge for you then. Praying 
Bible reading and church and serving, giving, witnessing, fellowshipping. Yeah, well, I've done that for a while, but uh, uh, not anymore. Let me tell you, it's about me now and what I want, my 401k plan, me building up my retirement. Um, don't need to be in three services. That's, that's foolishness, especially four. You come on a Wednesday night to pray. No, nope, 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 nope. Don't need that. Don't need God that way. Listen, I need God on my terms, not yours. And by the way, God, I'm speaking to you. I need you on my terms, not the other way around. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God says, casting down imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Everything. Think about this for just a moment. And he says in that, that bringing into captivity, listen to me, every thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. How many thoughts? Everything we're thinking. Do you know if what I think doesn't match up with the word of God, guess who's wrong? If what I think doesn't match up with the Word of God, guess who's wrong? If what I think doesn't match up to the Word of God, guess who's wrong? And the reality is, is that we have a nation today that says, yeah, I know it doesn't, but I don't care. Because I'm going to do me. I'm going to be me. I'm going to be what I want. (laughs) Ain't nobody going to rule my life and tell me what to do. I do me. That's what I do. And I'm the most important. Let me challenge you with this. There's a process that the scripture takes us through. Provides us weapons to overcome spiritual battles. You know one of the things it says? Do not walk in the flesh. <laughs> if you're going to go over, listen to me. Look, don't, don't, don't lose it now. I want, you, I want you to think about this. He says in this passage, if we're going to overcome, do not walk in the flesh. Don't walk in the flesh. You say, preacher, what's that supposed to mean? That means you don't do you you find out what God wants you to do. That's what that really means. It means that I set self aside and find out what my Savior wants. <laughs> that, that the Bible teaches me, I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a what? Living sacrifice. It's not about you, it's about Him and what He wants to do with your life. And we have taught a generation behind us, listen, the most important thing you can have is a big house and name brand clothes and a motorcycle. And you can have a nice car. And you have these things. And when you got this stuff, let me tell you something, buddy. You are at the pinnacle. I want to tell you, you're probably at the lowest you can get when that's the most important thing to you. The most important thing any young person or any person in this room can have is a good relationship with God. We don't need stuff. We need a Savior. We don't need more. We need less. We need more of Christ and less of the world. We need more. He said, do not walk in the flesh. He says in Galatians 5.16, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I just told you, if you're here this morning and you're saved, who possesses us? The Holy Spirit. This I say then, right? Don't walk in the flesh, but walk in the what? Spirit, how do you do that? He already told you. If I'm not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh, then I need to walk in the Spirit. Guess who possesses us? The Holy Spirit of God. 
And if I'm going to walk with God, then I need to walk in the Spirit. Let me move quickly here. The weapons of choice for the believer is the power of God. The Word of God is the power of God. He says, finally, brethren, uh, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. In Ephesians 6.10, it goes on through verse 17. It gives us a whole host of things that we need to be doing. Now, we like that as a Sunday school lesson for the little kids and uh, holding forth the uh, word of life and holding the sword and doing the shield and all. Yeah, yeah it's just, uh, that's for little kids. No, that's for every adult sitting in this room. Amen? And we do need to put on the gospel. When I look at this, the Lord will provide the power, the influence to remove the strongholds out of our life. And this occurs, how? By removing wrong thinking. <laughs> he said, did you put off the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lust? And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Change your thinking. Isn't that what the Bible teaches? If I'm going to overcome... If I'm going to really be a partaker of God's grace, I need to change my thinking. I need to change where I stand, who I think I am. This occurs by casting down imagination, removing those wrong thoughts. Remove anything in your life that is lifted above your relationship with Christ. You know, the Bible speaks that we should not have any idols in our life. How many of you understand that? What is it? Now listen to me. I'm, I'm talking to myself too. I'm not just preaching to you. What is it that I'm elevating in my life above my Savior? That is an idol. Whatever it is, that's an idol. If I elevate that above my Savior, you say, how do you do that? Are you giving more time to that than you are to your Savior? <laughs> does that have more of your attention than Jesus Christ does? Is it, is it a situation where uh, I, I can't go a day without it? I want to tell you, that's an idol. That's an idol. I watch some parents idolize their children. How many have seen that? <laughs> they make their child their idol. <laughs> and the thing of it is, is that we ought not do that. Amen? Yeah. It's a problem in our society today anyway. You know, sometimes our children have to go through hardships. How many of you realize that? To really learn something in life. You know what the hardest thing to do is, right, Chris? As a parent, watch your child go through something, and you've got to let them do it. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? you got to let them make the mistake. They won't listen to you. They don't want to hear what you have to say. In fact, they got it all figured out. Just ask them. The reality is that sometimes you just got to let them fall flat on their face so that God, not you, God can enter back into their life. And when that sheep's on its back, he can reach down and pick it up. Right? The grace of God. Overcoming spiritual battles, the grace of God. Let me tell you this. Bring your thought life into control. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Avoid self-reliance. Be God-dependent. And then I tell you this. Apply these biblical principles. You sat and heard them this morning. You say, well, how are you going to do that? Start putting it into practice. The very things that you read in the scriptures we ought to do. Amen. Be you doers of the word, not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves if you're just listening. If you're just hearing and not doing anything about it, you're deceiving yourself. God says do something about it. I want to talk about Christ's power real quick. I want to talk about the think about the power of Christ resting upon us. God's power, his ability as a ruler, the supernatural king, the administrative one. Amen. The one that has all the abundant power to give to us. And when I, I think about this, he says that 
the power of Christ may rest upon me. The, the one, the kingdom of heaven, the one who designed all, wants to strengthen you. Isn't that amazing? Gives you the power. When I think about this, in Ephesians 3, 19 and 20, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. <laughs> what is that power? His name is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. God, the Lord Jesus Christ resides in us. He gives us the power to do abundantly above all that we ask or think. It's amazing. That is your God. And by His power, we can do things. When I look to the Scriptures, that power, that ability, uh, or act to produce an effect, possession of control, authority, the influence. Paul said, even in my infirmities, in my weaknesses, in all of these things, he said, listen, I am frail, I am weak, I am morally weak even. By the way, that's encompassed in this thought. And he said, I'd rather glory in those that the power of Christ may rest upon me. If I want Christ to abide with me, then we have to turn our attention off of ourselves and onto him. He says, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do, can't do anything. You say, I sure do get a lot of stuff done, and I never pray. Mm. without him you can do nothing amen for the very breath that you take he gives to you amen. any ability that you have by the way you didn't fabricate that and make it God gave it to you amen, amen. how many of you in here are just really good with numbers anybody anybody real good with numbers we got one anybody in here real good in English anybody good in English right here I got someone good in English anybody else anybody alive today anybody anybody <laughs> anybody awake <laughs> Some of us are just good at stuff, aren't we? You know, I, I, I used to laugh whenever someone would say, well, come on, that's just common sense. And I thought, well, what's common to one person may not be to another, amen? And algebra just isn't common in my head, amen? And you tell me all you want to how these letters and numbers work together, but good night. <laughs> I'd sit there and work my tail off just to try to get a C in a class. I hated algebra. How many of you hate algebra? Anybody in here? Hey, Amen. <laughs> Got a lot of haters among us this morning, brothers. I hate algebra. And you watch some people, man, and they're just good at it, aren't they? Yep. Where do you think they got that mind? Who gave that to them? How many of you watch people who are just good with woodwork? Anybody? <laughs> they're just good with it, man. You watch them, they come in and they go, and they're like, Oh, we can do this, 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 and I'm standing there thinking, ain't no way that's going to happen. <laughs> you come back a few days later, and you're going, good night, look at this. <laughs> this is all stapled right here. Are you shut? <laughs> like, wow. Very capable people. Where'd they get that from? You think Noah built that ark by his own power? <laughs> by his own strength and his own knowledge? <laughs> you think he knew where to get the pitch and what kind of wood to use? You think he did that? Or do you think God gave him those thoughts, right? The power. <laughs> Where does it come from? It comes from on high. Listen, when uh, weakness sets in, 
It can be the result of God trying to do something in me. He wants to accomplish something in me. Let me give you two verses and I'll move on from here. Psalm 62, 8 says, Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. I want you to know he's the power. Listen, no matter what you're going through, he wants you to come to him. He's a refuge. That idea of refuges is a place to go. There is a place to go. Listen, if you're saved, there's a place to go. The unsaved world doesn't have what we have. We have a place to go. He tells us in Proverbs 30, verse 5, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. He is a shield. Now, you think about a shield. That's a defensive weapon, isn't it? Who is our shield? Who protects us? God does. God does. Boy, I saw some accidents coming down the highway. The kids are in the back. Some of them are sleeping. Some of them are just sitting there chit-chatting, eating oatmeal pies, tempting me. Know that oatmeal pies are my favorite. They were tempting me. I wasn't tempting myself. They were holding them up, saying how good they were and everything else. That's just the devil, isn't it? There's the devil working right inside that van. I was about to throw them all out of that van. Eating all my oatmeal pies. I mean, all the oatmeal pies. <laughs> Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them to put their trust in him. So what is it? Well, let's apply these biblical principles. Knowledge is not application. Listen to me one more time. Knowledge is not application. You must apply. You must apply what you know. You must apply what you know. And so you say, well, I don't know anything. Well, get in the word of God. Find out what it says. Last thought is this, his strength. So we talked about his grace, his power. And how does power differ from strength? Well, power is the thing that influences us. It's what is in us. It's what gets us going. Strength is the endurance to keep going. <laughs> strength is the endurance to keep going. If God is my strength, Christ is my power, then my weakness will be made strong. Isn't that what he just said? <laughs> Paul said that. I didn't say that. Paul did. Paul said, listen, I, I know where it comes from. I, I'm made strong because I'm weak, but I know where my strength comes from. And strong by his power and by not our own, not our own wisdom, not our own knowledge, not our own capabilities. No, not what we can do, but what he's capable of. Philippians 3, 8, I count all things but loss for the ecstasy of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung. The power is the influence and the strength is the endurance to make it through the battle. To make it through the battle. 2 Peter 2, 9, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. Isn't that wonderful? Do you know what God knows how to do? Listen to what it said now. <laughs> he said he knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. The godly. What does that mean? Well, if I'm walking with God and temptations arise, who's capable of doing that for me? Who's capable of helping me? God is. I can't do it. <laughs> Now, he did tell us there hath no temptation taken you, but what? Such as is common to man. But God is faithful. <laughs> God will never let you be tempted above what he can see in you that you can handle. You know what it is? We give up too soon. We quit. We stop. We give in. Can't do it. And yet God said he'll never tempt you above what you're able, but will with that temptation make a way to what escape? <laughs> he'll give you a way out. He'll give you a way out. Listen, he delivers the godly from temptation. What are you being tempted with? Young people, what are you being tempted with? Are you tempted just to live for yourself or are you tempted to live for God? 
Are you tempted just to say, it doesn't matter, I'll just, I'll float through life? How many of you in here realize there was a day and an age where you just didn't get away with that, amen? <laughs> because you became a vagabond, you were on the street <laughs> because people just didn't do what they do today. But the fact is, is it takes hard work, doesn't it? And you know what? We have to invest in our Christianity. <laughs> we need to invest back in our Savior. We need to walk with Him. I'll give you this last thought and we'll close. Overcoming spiritual weakness happens through dependency on Christ. You might want to write this verse down. 2 Corinthians 3, 5, 6, he says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. What we are, what we're made up of, he is. In 2 Corinthians 9, 8, he says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. <laughs> what does he want us to abound to? Good works. Good works. Applying this biblical principle will help you if you become dependent upon Christ. And listen, the source of our strength is not our own abilities. The source of our strength is Jesus Christ. Let's pray.